You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're honored to have Pastor Andy Harrell with us all day today. And uh, the seminar last night was such a blessing, the drive-in and Sunday school. Uh, But Brother Harold, we're so thankful you're here. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And so let's get our Bibles ready. And Brother Harold, we are uh, honored to have you here today. You come preach to us, and thank you for your willingness to come and be away from uh, Murray, Kentucky, to be with us in Roanoke Rapids. Amen. Great to be here. Honored to be with you, your pastor. I said earlier, I've known your pastor for many years. Knew he and Joanna when they were single. Saw them date, and the Lord brought them together, and they just exemplary in every way. And I'm grateful for this church. What a a great testimony this church is, and you are, to be a part of it. And just stay faithful. Stay faithful to the house of God, and God will bless you. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm Psalm number 78. In your Bible, Psalm 78, beginning in verse number 1. Psalm 78, verse number 1. Psalm 78, beginning in verse 1. Give ear, O my people to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, uh, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Then it takes a sad turn and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turn back in the day of battle. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help me this morning to be a blessing to these dear people. I pray that, Lord, you would use the message. Holy Spirit, speak through me, speak to each and every heart, and may you guide us as we look at your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. Why did they do that? I mean, the armies of Israel, I mean, they they were famous. They were well known for being great armies and powerful armies and effective armies. and, And yet they turned back. They were equipped, at least physically. They had the most modern weapons of war. Uh, They were no doubt highly trained. Uh, They had prepared and uh, physically, maybe mentally with strategies. And and, and they knew of war. They were not strangers to battles. And they had done great battles. And their forefathers had fought great battles and had many great victories. So they were prepared physically. They had the knowledge to fight, no doubt. What were they missing? What was it that caused them to turn back in the day of battle, even though They seemed in every way to be prepared. The problem was they were not prepared spiritually. You think, well, how important is that uh, in battle? 
Well, for the children of God, it was everything. All their victories, it wasn't because of their power, not by might nor by my spirit, uh, not by might nor my power, but my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not how strong we are. It's not how gifted we are. It's not how talented we are. And no doubt they were gifted. And no doubt they were talented. No doubt they had all the, the expertise that was needed in war. But when it came time for the battle, they turned back because they were equipped in every other way, perhaps very, very well, but they were not equipped spiritually. How sad. That was their choice. God made available to them every opportunity to get close to Him, to love Him, but they became rebellious and stubborn. And they thought, we know what's best. Like the time when Israel said, uh, every, the Bible said, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We, we want to be like the other nations. We want a king. And, and they looked to themselves and said, we know what's best. And because of that, they were not prepared spiritually. And because they were not prepared spiritually, when it came to the battle of life, they turned back in the day of battle. The most important preparation of our lives today is to be prepared spiritually. And if you're not prepared spiritually, there are a lot of folks, I want my kids to go to this college and, and get this education and so they can make the most money. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but if that's the only preparation you're giving them or that's the most important preparation you're giving them, you're not equipping them for life. They can have the best degree from the best college and, and, and have, find the job that makes the most money and have the nicest cars and the nicest home and all the material things that money can buy. But if they're not equipped spiritually, they are not equipped for life. And neither are you. We're not, we're not prepared. We're not ready. They thought they were ready. Children of Ephraim, they, we got it made. Man, we're good to go. We're going to go out there and we're going to win. I, I don't imagine they started off that day thinking they were going to lose. But at some point, whether they saw the enemy or saw the obstacles ahead of them, it discouraged them. They, they, they lost confidence in something that really deserves no confidence, the flesh. And they didn't have that faith and trust in God to be able to see the victory. Many things that we face in life, we have time to prepare ahead of time for. I, 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 when, I, when I got married back in uh, 1982, uh, prior to that, dating my wife for a few years in college, in Bible college, and I, I prayed and I fasted and I sought the will of God and I got counsel and I did everything spiritually that I knew possible to ensure that God gave me the right wife and that our marriage would be based on. And so I had time to prepare for that. You've got time to prepare maybe for a job opportunity or, or a move uh, or a, a, a purchase, maybe buying a house or being, buying a car. If you want to get advice, you want to get counsel, you want to study it out. When I buy a car, I, I study. I like to look, see what it does, what it can't do, uh, what, what they're saying uh, about it. Now you got online to look at and you can see if, if, if it's, you know, that particular year that you're looking at, uh, if you're not getting a new car, uh, but uh, to, to see how, how it held up and, and you got time to prepare and you got time to think through it. But there's a lot of things in life that if you're not prepared already, when things come at you, you're not ready. It can be devastating. And that's what happened to them. They weren't prepared spiritually. There are many decisions that we face that come at us quickly. And we don't have time maybe for a lot of prayer prior to it because we weren't expecting it. We didn't know it was going to come. We don't have time to go to the pastor. Pastor, I need to make an appointment and get some counsel and get some advice. Well, I, I, can, I can see you on Tuesday. Oh, well, the battle's right now. I got to see you right now. Sorry. Have a nice day. 
good luck. And I'm not sure what he'd say, but uh, my wife's available for counsel. Oh, she's the one I really want to talk to anyway. She knows, no, but uh, uh, you don't have time for all of that. We must be equipped and prepared to face whatever is before us at a moment's notice. And we have to be prepared with what we already have, ready in our hearts with which to face it. A few years ago, I was, uh, we, were, we were at a busy week at, at, at church and school. We have a Christian school, and I'm excited about y'all getting a Christian school. And uh, y'all pray for that. It's not an easy task. It, it, it's going to be a challenge, but it'll be worthwhile. But uh, our Christian, my wife's working at a Christian school, and we had a busy week. It was Friday, and, and uh, I said, honey, let, let's, uh, you don't need to go home and cook. I'm going to take you out to eat. I'm going to take you to a nice, fancy place. You know where they have them golden arches? But uh, I said, no, here's what let's do. Let's go to Cracker Barrel. We got a Cracker Barrel in the middle of our town. Most Cracker Barrels are on the freeway. Ours is downtown Murray. I mean, it's right there. We are a special place. And, uh, but uh, let's go to Cracker We went to Cracker Barrel, had a great meal, and, and, and we were driving her car. And I said, I noticed her gas a little bit. I said, well, your gas a little bit. Let's go get some gas. So we went down. Uh, they have Kroger's around here. Kroger? You don't have Kroger. Okay, you don't have Kroger. Never mind, it's not important. But uh, what the uh, Kroger, they, they've got a gas station out front of, uh, of, of, of the supermarket or grocery store, I guess you call it. But um, so I went up there and I pulled in and, and to get gas and I opened my door and I closed it. And as soon as I did, uh, what took place in, in just probably the next 20 seconds or so, uh, I mean, it was like a million things happening at once. I heard all these sirens. I, I, your pastor said, I, I work as a volunteer. I'm a firefighter and I'm also a, a, a deputy uh, sheriff. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm used to things going on. But when I hear sirens, you know, I, 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 I'm in a police car. I drive a fire truck. But I st when I hear a siren, I'm like a little kid. Oh, there it goes. Wee, 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 wee. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I want to see if it's somebody I know. And, you know, they're probably not looking at me, but like, you know, give them a thumbs up or whatever. But, uh, and so I hear all, the, I hear more than one. And I, I hear more than one siren. And, 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 and the sounds seem like they're coming closer. And uh, I look up and I see all these these, I'm a deputy in the county who's sheriff, and these are city, Murray City Police, and uh, boy, boy, they're all coming. It's like, man, a whole bunch of them, and they're coming out of a, of a Walmart parking lot, and a uh, man just flying out of there, and I, and I look up, and here comes this guy running, not like he's running, you know, jogging. I mean, he was running for his life. His eyes were like, you know, Grandma, Grandma, what big eyes you have, you know, in that, that biblical tale or whatever that is. Um, I think it's in First Hesitations, but I'm not sure. I don't remember but uh, he's running, I mean, fast. His eye, you, he, he looks scared. He looks like he's running for his life. Now, in just, you know, with my great law enforcement background, just in a second, I said, he just, uh, he, he came from Walmart, and he didn't make a purchase. <laughs> he's a shoplifter, and he's running from him. I, I, and I, I, and I, it just, that, that was the first thought that came to mind. And he's running toward me, and my thought is, I'm going to tackle him. And, I, and all this is going through my mind, happening real fast, and, and I'm thinking what to do. And I thought, well, what if he's not, what if he's just going to buy cigarettes or something, you know? I tackle him, ah, on the ground. Man, what are you doing? I'm buying cigarettes. Those cigarettes are dangerous. Don't you ever do that again. Let this be a lesson to you. I'll tackle you again if I see you trying to buy cigarettes, buddy. I thought, well, you know, what if he's not the guy? And while all this is going through, it's all happening in a split second. This guy's running, and he comes up. And, and, and I'm here, there's a car here, the gas station, and there's, there's a little booth right there with a pay booth, and he's running for this way, and he ducks down behind the booth like this. 
and he's got something in his hand. And he said, what he got? And I looked, it was his tennis shoe. He ran out of his shoe, but it must have been Air Jordan because he didn't want to leave it, you know. <laughs> and so he's sitting there breathing, and, and I thought, I, I, I've got my, my Glock 43 and my 9mm in my front pocket, and i got my badge, I'll get ready to pull it out. And, and I thought, no, in a split second, I thought, no, I better not do that. Gas pumps everywhere, people everywhere. And, you know, I don't want all the cops come around the corner. Here's a guy standing like this, you know. You know, they might recognize me, some of them, but they might not. And I'll rule that out just as quick as it came in my mind. And, and so I'm thinking, and here's this guy. He's down here hiding like this. All the cop cars are coming this way, and I'm standing right over there. And he's breathing hard. And he was, I mean, he was scared to death. But the only thing scarier than what you know is coming is what you don't know is coming. And little did he know that about 15 feet behind him, was Barney the Baptist. <laughs> and I start getting close, and I just yelled, hold it right there! You talking about scared the living daylights out of somebody? He thought they were all coming this way. He didn't know who was behind him. He goes from, to. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Put your hands behind your back. I'll start walking over this way, and all the, all the, they're coming in hot. Wee, 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 jumping out of the car. Here I am. This guy you're looking for? Yeah. They go, hey, my ain't Andy. Man, boy, you were here at just the right time. Fist bump, fist bump, you know. I said, anytime. Yeah. So we got, they got, that, got him cuffed. Y'all have a good day. I started back, hadn't gassed my car yet. I turned around, and I just hear this tune in my mind. My wife's sitting in the car. I don't even, I don't even say a word to her. Gas up my car. Lady comes up and says, what just happened? Now, ma'am. Here at the pumps, we have two rules. Rule number one, do not smoke while gassing your vehicle. Rule number two, do not run from the law. Have a nice day, ma'am. I got back in the car and my wife said, what happened? It's okay, honey, I've got it all taken care of. You gotta be ready. Life comes at you fast. You don't know what to expect from day to day. And sometimes things come at you that you're not equipped for. And, and, and if it, look, you know, if they come and say, are, are you ready to order, sir? No, no, give me, give me another minute. <laughs> okay, you might escape that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if I want the chicken or if I want the, the roast beef. Give me another minute. And usually it doesn't take me long. I'm like, both. <laughs> Bring me both. A lot of things come at you in life and without warning. And, and that's where a lot of people, a lot of Christians quit living the Christian life or get, get derailed from the Christian life because they weren't equipped for what they did not expect. Well, how do you know? How do you know? You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared spiritually for what comes at you or it, it's going to get you. It's going to bite you. It's going it's to derail you. It, it may discourage you and it's going to hurt you in other areas that it may cause you to fail in an area. It may cause you to turn your back on God when God's the one you needed to begin with. 
They turned back in the day of battle. They were armed. They were equipped. They had everything they needed, but they weren't prepared spiritually. And because they weren't prepared spiritually, they gave up. What a sad thing. What a sad testimony. Wouldn't that be a sad testimony for your life or for my life? For us to turn back in the day of battle, of life? Well, I, this, this just discouraged me and this got me down so much. Look, discouraging things happen. Things like that happen. But if we're prepared spiritually, God can give us a victory. And a lot of people quit because they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know, didn't, weren't spiritually mature enough to deal with it. Look, God will equip you. You young people, God will equip you if you take advantage of what God puts in your life. Uh, single adult, God will equip you. God will give you. God will make available to you the, the strength and the wisdom and the power and the discernment that you need to have victory in your life. But you've got to take advantage of what God brings in your life. He's going to use it to help you, to equip you. Married couples, God, look, God's going to help you. Marriage is not easy. Marriage is a challenge. And no matter, no matter how good the, the two people are, no matter how much they love each other, it, it's a challenge. And if you're not prepared spiritually for that, for that, for that battle uh, uh, called marriage, <laughs> I, I was wondering if we were going to sing last night for the marriage seminar. Uh, oh, uh, take your songbooks. The fight is on, no Christian soldier. Uh, maybe that's not a good wedding song, but uh, a lot of times that's what it is simply because we're not prepared. We don't know what we're going to face. We don't know what to expect. And, 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 and things come along that we didn't expect. And we're like, ah. and, and we're going to mess up. We're, we're, we're going to be discouraged. We're, we're going to fail in some areas. So how is it that God prepares us? How is it that God equips us for the unknown that we face in life? I believe this. I believe that God gives you and me opportunities Every day. It's up to us to take advantage of those opportunities. It's up to us to look at those things and decide whether or not we're going to use them. We're, we're going to learn from them. We're going to gain from them. We, we, look, something doesn't happen to you. And you say, oh, I know why this is happening. Because tomorrow I'm going to face something really big. Oh, okay. That, that thought process doesn't go through our minds. We just face life and either we are prepared and we face it spiritually or we get discouraged and mad and angry and bitter and turn our backs on God. And, and, and God, all God was doing was saying, I'm giving you this as an opportunity to equip you for something bigger down the road. You know, David didn't just walk out of his house for the first time and there was Goliath. I mean, he went out there and he was out there guarding the sheep and a bear came along and a lion came along. And who knows, maybe before that it was a coyote. Doesn't mention that in the Bible. I, who knows? Maybe before that was a kitty cat. And a uh, cat, leave the sheep alone. <laughs> you know, get out of here. I'm not advocating you do that to cats. But look, when the weather's bad, bring your dogs in, let your cats. I'll just say that. I, I, we have cats. I don't have any cats. They're my step cats. No, but my wife, they're her cats, and so I love her, so I tolerate her cats. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully she's not watching it right now. But God gives you opportunities. It's up to you and me to take advantage of those because they're, they're there to equip us spiritually for life. What kind of opportunities does he give us? One, he gives you an opportunity for a good home. A good home's not automatic. You have to work at it. You have to work at it every day. Children, you have to work about... Your most important responsibility as a child, Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. 
Honor thy father and thy mother. First commandment with promise. I tell our kids in our school and in our church, here's what obedience is. First time, every time. Anything short of that is disobedience. Man, you, you get your kids to obey when they're young. Man, it, it, it just, it helps prepare them for life. It helps equip them. Having a good home, you get to work at it every day. Are you working at it? Well, I don't have time. You better find time. You better take time. We took the time every night as a family and we sat down together at the end of the day and we had a meal together and, and we'd take the Bible and we'd open the Bible and read the Bible and pray and, and sing some songs together and had that little family devotion time. And I don't know if they'll ever remember what we covered or what we talked about during that time, but they remember this. We, we took time for God every day. And I, what I was wanting to do, the purpose of that was not so, I, oh, I want to teach them this great truth. No, the purpose was that was to help equip them for life to prepare them to realize, hey, we need God every day. And I can't just say it from the pulpit and say, ah, we need God every day. I want to show it in my home and in my life and in my testimony with our family and in raising of our children. God gives you a good home, but you've got to work at it. And if you choose to do that, with God's help, you and your kids will be better in facing life. God gives you the opportunity to have a good church. You took advantage of that this morning. Now, I know you didn't get to hear your pastor today, but tune in next week. <laughs> you'll have your pastor back. But uh, you, you took advantage of that. Well, you ought to take advantage of every opportunity. The doors are open. Man, you ought to be in, your car ought to have a magnet that, that turns on when the church is open. Your car goes there. Make sure you get ready before you come. Uh, that's the nice thing about driving, man. You can be back there. I, I didn't see anybody had on. I wasn't going to go around and look either. But um, be, be in God's house. Get involved in your church. Give, be faithful, tithes and offerings. Be a part of that. Well, I don't want to do that. And, and if, if, I'm sure your pastor's just like me. I have no idea what the people in our church give as far as individuals. I don't look at any. The only person's giving I know is mine. And, and that makes it easier to I tell my people. Now, I don't know what you give. But when I preach on giving, you better not look guilty because I'll recognize that. <laughs> oh, brother, you look like you're not being given. You want to stand and testify? <laughs> I don't do that. But uh, uh, you want, to, you want to do all of that? You want to be part of your church? You want to get involved? Well, you know, you know, it's just another church service. No, it's not. No, it's not just another church service. It's an opportunity to equip you for life. And you, look, it may be the very message that you skip and you miss and your pastor preached and you face something that week or something soon. Oh, I don't know what to do. And you fall apart and you make a bad decision. Had you been in God's house, God had the message that you needed to equip you and to prepare you. You might not have needed it that Sunday, but you would have gotten it. And when the time came that you needed it, you'd have been ready. So, Brother Harold, you gotta be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I believe that with all my heart. Every opportunity, I want to take advantage of every opportunity to be close to God. God gives you a good pastor and spiritual leaders that are here to help you. God gives you an opportunity for a Christian school. Well, take advantage of that. Yeah, but it's going to cost money. Oh, it's worth it. Our kids, all they've ever known is Christian education. And, and, I, and I'm so grateful for that. And, and all of my kids, all 11 of my grandkids and all of my kids this morning, my son's preaching this morning. My uh, other son is leading singing in the choir. And my daughter's playing the piano at her church. And her husband's a youth pastor in Ohio. And they're all serving God. And all my grandkids are in church. And six of them are saved. And five of them are, are a little bit young yet. And I pray every day. I pray every day for my kids. I pray every day for their salvation, my grandkids. I pray every day for their mates and who they marry. And, 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 and I, I try my best to influence them as their pastor and, and as, their, as their dad and granddad uh, to try to influence and help equip them and prepare them. They don't know what they're going to face. And it's a lot tougher what our young people are facing. My grandkids and my kids are facing things I never had to face. 
They didn't have the internet. Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. We didn't have all that. We, we, we didn't have all that, 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 that temptation that young people today have. Uh, moms and dads, you better be prepared. and You better guard. You better guard with all your life. Giving your kids a smartphone may be a dumb thing uh, if you don't have any controls over that and you don't know what they're, what they're looking at because everything wicked in the world is available there. You better be, if you want to equip them, uh, you better give them what they need and what is right and what's good. You're going to prepare them. God gives us things in life. He gives us trials and tests in life. Why have I got to go through this? So you can handle the bigger one when it comes. If you don't handle that, if, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, how canst thou contend with the horsemen, with the horses? God gives you trials and you handle that. God, God gave David the, 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 the bear and the lion and, and, and maybe smaller things. And, and then when it came time to Goliath, he said, this big old guy, he's, not, he's defying the armies of Israel. We're going to take this guy's head off. He had the courage to fight that battle because of all the other battles and all the other challenges and all the other difficulties. Sometimes you get bad news. Nobody likes to get bad news, but use it as an opportunity to seek God. You get bad news, you don't say, oh boy, bad news. Well, I, I hope I get more bad news. Man, you got, you're crazy if, you, if that's the way you are. Nobody's like that. We get bad news, oh man. Lord, we're going to have to trust you through it. I don't, and, and it may bring tears. And it may bring heartache. But you don't quit. You don't throw in the towel through the tears and through the heartache. You say, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but we're going to trust you. And God, we're going to live for you and we're going to do what's right and we're not going to change and we're not going to quit church and we're not going to get away from God. We're going to double down on doing what's right and what's holy and what's good and, and we're going to let this opportunity help us. We don't know what it's preparing us ahead for. Getting them ready for it now. God equips you where you take advantage of the opportunities you have to draw closer. God allows people to hurt you and to offend you so that you can learn forgive. We talked about a little bit that in Sunday school, about forgiving, learning to forgive. I, I, I got offended. Yeah, but you learn to forgive. It makes you a better Christian because there may be an offense that comes that's going to be bigger than you've ever faced. If you can't forgive all these others, you're not going to be ready for that forgiveness. You've got to be equipped. You've got to be ready. You can't wait for the big problem to come and say, okay, here it comes. Oh, it's overwhelming. You'll be like the children of Ephraim. You turn back in the day of battle. God gives you opportunities to minister, to witness. I had breakfast with a, a, a police officer the other day, and I just felt like I've got to witness to him. I've got to talk to him. And, and God, we're, I, the whole time we were talking, I was praying, I was praying, God, please. And, and, and I got the opportunity to talk to him about it, and he, he wanted to talk about it. He has a Catholic background. And, and, and I went through the plan of salvation with him, and he said, where, where does works come in? He, he couldn't. And I explained to him how, about that and how work come in after you get saved, not to be saved, but to be a good testimony. And, and finally, it's like a light bulb came and it clicked. And he said, man, I see it. I see it. That's what I need. And, and we were sitting there in Cracker Barrel, and that's the only restaurant we have in town. But, uh, <laughs> but we were sitting there in Cracker Barrel for breakfast with a mama's can pancake breakfast. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. But uh, I mean, it was all good that day. And, 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 and I said, well, uh, his name was Mike. I said, Mike, you want to? Maybe we're done eating. I said, you want to maybe slip outside and pray? He said, no, let's do it right here. I said, all right. We bowed our head right there in Cracker Barrel and he received Christ as his Savior. God gives us opportunities. God gives us, take advantage of the opportunities. Years ago, I was, uh, I was preaching in Southern California at a singles retreat. And the first night of the treat and, uh, retreat, uh, a lot of young people from the church were there and they had visitors and guests. 
and they were going on introducing everybody. And they came to this one fella, and uh, he said, uh, and he was a visitor, nobody knew him. He, uh, he said, my name's Albert Popwell. And he said, my friends just call me Poppy. And, uh, and everybody told what they did. And he said, I'm an actor. And uh, I'm in Hollywood, and I've been in a lot of movies and TV shows. I starred with Clint Eastwood in several movies, and I'm thinking, sure you did. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Not that that matters. I mean, you know, if I'd known, I would say, could you sign my Bible? But no, I, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't have done that. But so anyway, I, 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 I thought he was kind of making stuff up. And, but afterwards, I went up to him, and it was kind of time of this free time. And I, I said, hey, Poppy, I said, uh, glad you're here. I said, uh, so let me ask you a question. We chatted a minute, and I said, Poppy, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? I, I, I went, and um, uh, I, I got to lead him to the Lord. And it was just a, it was, it was an exciting thing. And, and uh, so I finished the, 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 the little thing out, and I went back home. And I don't know, it may have been a month or so later, I, I started thinking about him. I said, what was his name? Albert Popwell. I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a Google search on him. Albert Popwell. And sure enough, he was a Hollywood actor. And uh, started with Clint Eastwood. Now, I've not watched these movies, so don't, don't say amen if you have. But uh, Dirty, Dirty Harry, I've watched Clean Larry, but I've never seen Dirty Harry. Um, right, righteous Larry and Godly Larry, but not Dirty Harry. But, but I mean, it's like it's a cop movie or something. And I, I like cop things, but I don't like, you know, I'd be careful what I watch. And uh, I said, you know, I'm curious if, you know, I'm, if, that, if, that, if that's, that's the same guy. And so... I did a little search, and I don't recommend you do this, but a little search about it, and I found a little uh, excerpt, a clip from that movie, and I said, I hope there's nothing bad in this, because I'll feel bad if I see something I shouldn't see. And uh, it, 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 Dirty Harry, I guess, is this cop, and he comes out, and there's these guys robbing a bank. And, uh, and he's got his big, I guess his big old gun, it's like a 44, and uh, he has this big gun, he comes out, so boom, starts shooting, and he shoots this guy. And he's laying on the sidewalk, he drops his shotgun, and he, and he goes up to him, and he's got this big revolver, and he says, I can't remember if I fired five shots or six. He said, do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? And the guy looks up at him and he pulls the trigger. Well, he doesn't pull the trigger. He looks at him and then he, he picks up his gun and walks away. And the guy on the ground, it showed a close up and I said, that's him. That's the guy I, got. I led to the Lord. Oh, he's injured. I hope he's okay. <laughs> what are you doing robbing banks? Oh, but it was before he got saved. But, uh, and, and I, said, I saw his face up close, and that's him. And, and Clint Eastwood, I guess, Dirty Hair, whoever the guy is, he picked up the gun and started to walk away, and he told me, I had five shots or six. And, he, and, and the guy says, I got to know. I got to know. So he turns around, click. And that was all, that's all I saw. I, and if it was dirtier, that the dirty, hairy part was after, I don't know. I thought, man, and, and then I remembered when I led him to the Lord. I said, Poppy, if you died today, do you know if she'd go to heaven? Would you like to know? And he said, I got to know. I got to know. God gives us opportunities <laughs> when we take advantage of the opportunities we have. Now, he, he's no, him getting saved no better than anybody else, but you never know who you're going to talk to. I mean, the chance of, of a Hollywood actor coming to this thing and be able to lead him to the Lord. And I, and I saw it was a year or two after that, I was reading on something, and he passed away, he died from heart failure or something. And I, and I thought, Poppy's in heaven. 
<laughs> and he said, now I know, now I know. Um, God gives you opportunities in life. Take advantage of every one of them. An opportunity to help somebody, an opportunity to witness to somebody. You never know who you're going to talk to. You never know who you're going to help. You never know who you're going to witness to. You never know who you're going to be able to minister to. Reach out to everybody. And what that does, it helps equip you. It helps prepare you for life. And it helps prepare you for what, for what lies ahead that you don't know and that you don't see and you can't foresee. And there's no way you can see ahead of time. God doesn't open. Look, if God opened up, if God said, look, I'm going to give you a chance to see what's going to happen all next week. I don't think I'd want to do it. I, I, I might say, oh, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not going to do next week. And God says, okay, come on home. But I... I can know that I can make it through it if I take the advantage of the opportunities I have now. There's one more thing, and I'll close with this. And this is the most important. He gives you opportunity and privilege to develop and maintain a faithful walk with him every day. Nothing more important than that, folks. Nothing. Your preacher, no doubt he says, folks, you need to get in the Bible. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to walk with God. You need to have a relationship with God. You need to have a walk with God. You need to have a Bible time or whatever, whatever they might say. I'm sure you've heard that over and over again. Let me tell you something, folks. You're not going to make it without it. The children of Ephraim did not have a walk with God. Had they had a walk with God, had those men had a walk with God, they wouldn't have turned. It would have been totally different. They wouldn't have turned back in the day of battle. But they were equipped in every other possible way except they were not equipped spiritually. And had they taken advantage of the opportunities, they knew their parents, many of them were faithful, but they also knew that some of them weren't. But had they followed those that had been faithful and done right and studied the history of how God blessed when they did right and how God cursed them when they didn't do right, they would have said, man, it doesn't make sense not to live for God. We need to live for God. Hey, we have the same history. You can find that out. And yet sometimes we go back to doing things we want to do and we're not prepared. Folks, if you don't have a walk with God, you may, be, you may think you're making it, but you're not. You're just a little ways away from huge defeat, from something that's going to come in your life that you are not going to be prepared for. It's going to come at you and it's going to come at you fast. And you're going to wish, oh, I wish I was close to God. Oh, I wish I was more faithful to church. Oh, I wish I had a walk with God. Oh, I wish I had that testimony. Oh, I wish I'd done it. And, and, and all the wishing in the world is not going to make it happen. Oh, I wish I knew more scripture. I wish I could have combated that with, with some scripture. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit does not mean visit. You say, well, you know, my walk with God is when I come to church and then when I, and then, if that's it, you're not going to make it. Church is awesome. Church is great. I don't think you can make it without church. But if church is your only source of spiritual help, something's coming in your life, and it may not be that big, but it's going to be big enough to derail you, and it's going to discourage you at the very least, if not actually ruin your life or destroy your kids' lives. Nothing's worth that, folks. Nothing's worth that. You need to walk with God. If for no other reason, you need to walk with God because it's the greatest thing in the world. It's the most blessed thing in the world. Uh, praying and walking with God, there's nothing greater in this life. But you needed it for no other reason because you don't know what's coming next. And if you're not walking with God, you are not spiritually equipped and prepared. And you'll be no different than the children of Ephraim. The day of battle comes. You're going to turn around. And walk away or destroy your life.
Nothing will do more to prepare you and make you ready for whatever you face in life. For when life comes at you fast, it's what you have in you already that's going to make all the difference. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.